Welcome to Just Another Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Tom Craft, Caleb Fogarty. G'day, g'day. And Jack Crawley. What's good? Boys, what's happening? What is hip hop going on? Here we are. We've been, we had a week off. Um, we've had a few, we've had some soldiers down with COVID. Currently at the moment, it's Jacko. How are you feeling, mate? Uh, uh, I'm feeling fine. You know what? I haven't been affected as much by COVID as some others. I'm just fucking tired all the time. Yeah. He's absolutely fair. exhausted. I think that's what it is. There's sort of different um, symptoms that people get. Some people get super tired. I basically just felt like I had the worst flu in the world. Yeah. So it's blocked up. Caleb, you, you've yet to have it. I'm not putting the mocker on it. Uh, we did a uh, little recording last week. <laughs> we just And we missed Tomo too much. <laughs> we didn't end up putting it out there, but Jack was very confident he was not going to get it, I might say. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I definitely uh, dodged a bullet having that not air because I, I think... I mean, there's nothing wrong with being confident, but... Uh, accountability can can hurt you sometimes, and I'm glad I don't have to go through that hurt. He thought he was the Veronica's. He was f- so untouched right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Libby um, always says she hates it when people sing on podcasts. <laughs> We've been doing that so much lately. I know. She keeps listening. She's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> not again." Well, you're welcome, Liv. Alrighty guys, we are going to start off this week with a little segment called Bulletin Board. This is a quick fire round, things that have been happening in the NBA recently, coming into the playoffs, and there's so much going on, there's so much to talk about. We're going to keep it quick, short, and snappy for you. Let's hook in. Welcome to the Bulletin Board, where... Quick fire, quick fire responses, really fast, really fast responses coming in. Caleb, Jack, and Tom, it's us, and we're doing bulletin board, quick fire. Did you like those trombones at the beginning? That were cool. We actually have four trombones in the studio. Really? All very harmonizing. <laughs> Bullet, bulletin board. This is dumb as fuck. <laughs> Caleb, what's the first thing on the bulletin board, mate? That is a very good question. Let's talk about the Warriors absolutely cuckolding the Nuggets right now. What is, what is going on there? Um, well, I think JJ Redick said it best the other day. They're playing into their hands. Um, Jokic is just looking exhausted. He's just... One, uh, Jack and I were only saying the other day we thought that they might have, have them on the ropes. The Nuggets, like they, they're a good chance. The, the Warriors are kind of looking like the Warriors from the start of the season right now. Mm-hmm. They're eating him alive like... Because, I don't know, it's obviously got to do with the fact that he's got not a lot of help, but he looks so shit on the defensive end, and then on it's like they're just going at him. He, Does he, he... Look, yeah, he looks tired, he, he looks frustrated, I think. So you think he's got almost like too much weight on his back, plus <sighs> some absolute superstars coming through, and some really good, I feel like, support players uh, rising up in the Warriors as well. He's, he's just overwhelmed. I think because of the lack of depth, he straight up becomes a liability. It's crazy to say. Yeah, he's just got. There's no real even backup for him. I don't. I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head who's playing backup center for the Nuggets right now. Um, he's just buggered, and I think it's kind he's, of James Harden ish right now in the sense that 
the regular season, going so hard in the regular season. I don't even really think he missed a game in the regular season. Um, and then now, he just looks buggered. He looks so tired, and the Warriors are a fast team, and they're just running him off his feet. Mm. Yeah. He's cranky, too. <laughs> He's cranky he at the really is cranky. Do yeah, you know, you he rest. does not like fingers up the bum. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> and that's that's rare. Yeah. You know? Doesn't like a finger up the bum. Look, it's not for everyone, <laughs> but it's really not for dudes from Serbia. Mate, he, I mean, that's what we learned. He's the head of the Jokic Mafia for a reason. You don't get the head of the Jokic Mafia to be a nice guy. He doesn't get fingers up the bum. He puts fingers up bums. <laughs> yeah. You know? Actually, I have one question as well. Do you guys see um, Kaminga's new nickname? No. What is it? Because uh-huh. <laughs> he, he was, he was uh, sort of called the third Splash Brother with... Um, you guys, I, 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 just, I just saw this on Instagram just on a... On a yeah. On a page, and he's been deemed, I think it was on Reddit, the cum bucket. <laughs> oh, you're fucking joking. Let me, let me try and find that. In a world where sex in and garland gets called sex land, the cum bucket is not that surprising, I guess. <laughs> Jonathan Kamingo's worst name in NBA history, the cum bucket. This might, this might, have, been, this might have been something old that I read. Might have just come up later. This is just so I don't get in trouble at home. Um... Shout out to my partner, Livy. She has watched, I'm going to say, maybe three full games of NBA um, and has decided that the Golden State Warriors are her new favorite team and that Jordan Poole is her favorite player of all time. To be well, fair... Well, he is Michael Jordan at the moment. So. He's, he has been performing. He's been doing yeah. well. What did he... like In 30-plus in the first game, I think he scored 29 in this game two. I, th- um, I was talking with a mate of mine and uh, it was after game one. And he has a bet with another friend uh, for, like, Golden State to win the championship, basically. He bet against Golden State to win the championship. And I was like, yeah, fucking good on you, mate. You're going to win money. And then um, after the first game, his other friend was talking shit. And I was like, mate, Jordan Paul will never play that good again in this playoff series. And then I had to, a couple of days later, look back up to that message, reply to it and say, he will never play that good again for the rest of the series again. Because he he's, he's just looking like he's looking like Michael Jordan. He's, he's he's almost peaking right now. He's peaking a bit early too. I think he's playing. He's I think we said it a bit earlier. I think he's played his way out of Golden State. He's just gonna be get. I think he's just gonna be too rich for him. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Someone's yeah. They can't afford him anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately for him. Because they got the new death lineup. That like I think that. It's come out pretty good. Um, Jordan Poole is breaking news. Jordan Poole is just as good as Kevin Durant as the uh, fifth member of yeah. the death lineup. So, yeah. Ma- is Jordan Poole literally Jesus? Mate, I reckon if Jordan Poole was playing for the Nets, the Nets would be up 2 0 against the Celtics right now. Eh, you're well, fucking probably right. You are probably right. <laughs> Great segue into our second point on the bulletin board. Caleb, I'm going to let you start talking about Boston's defense. Now, they're up 2-0 in the series right now with some tight games. Fuck me. What, what do you have to say? Fuck, <laughs> mate. I, I told you boys before we started, I'm going to hold my Celtics takes until the pod because I feel like I owe it to Jacko to actually tell the world how impressed I am with this Celtics team. Uh, mate, That even that game-winning layout that they got against in game one, that... 
like if you told me that they would win a game in the playoffs by passing the ball to the open man and Jason Tatum cutting to the <laughs> ring, getting the ball for a layup, spin move too. Mate, whew, mm. I'd, I'd the old hit and spin. It's a it's a it's a typical NRL mate, play. To, to, to quote Jack, <laughs> Crawley, right, yeah, I was tag, I was tag King. Yeah. To, to quote yeah. Jack Crawley, you, I'd tell you, you have rocks in your head. He's they look unreal. The ball is moving. Um, yeah, mate, they they're really good. I don't know. Well, I guess with the news about the injuries, certain injuries, we'll get to that, mate. The Celtics are looking good. They're looking really fucking good right now. To be honest with you, with that spin move play. I didn't get to watch the game, so I just watched that. Uh, that that came up first thing on my newsfeed, um, and I couldn't believe how stagnant the defense was from Brooklyn because I just watched it and I was like, "Oh, this is just a regular play." Not they didn't. Not move. only not only is it the last play of the game to get them up by one, I couldn't I just couldn't believe that how stagnant they were. Oh, mate, yeah. And I think to one of the things that Jack has constantly harped about is how live by Marcus Smart, die by Marcus Smart. Apparently, the fucking <laughs> Brooklyn Nets have thought that because did you see those two players jump at that three? <laughs> they were convinced he was going to take that Mate. shot. <laughs> I was convinced he was going to take that. Fucking <laughs> up. That, that entire play, when Jalen started driving, and I was like, here we go. He's just going to fucking drive in the four people. Turns around, throws it smart. I'm like, oh, fuck. Of course. If it wasn't Jalen driving in the fucking four people, it was Mark Smart chucking up a fucking last second contested three, <laughs> pumps it, and then I'm like, am I on drugs? What's going on? And then a hit and spin to win the game? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, how, how do you think they're going to... Um, do you think they're going to sweep them? Or do you think they're... Um, Not sweep. Uh, Not sweep, but you think yeah. they're going to they're gonna take it? Yeah, um, they're going to win. Round? They're going to win. Oh. Wow. I'm not. I'm not going to say that. They're coming out of my mouth. I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> knocking on wood. If they can steal one in Brooklyn, I'm going to be very confident going home. Yeah, they've they've got nice. They've got them. Golden State and maybe Milwaukee have the best home court advantage. I feel out of any of the teams. So, mm. and I think home court is is shown. Home court is a massive, massive thing. That's um, huge. People, it's always. I feel like we go into every postseason just completely underrating home court advantage mm. every year. And Celtics are one of those teams that is unreal. They're deep and tend to make a long answer longer. Their defense is just unreal. Like you see, Jason Tatum just dribble the ball. He pounds the ball a lot, and you're like, "Oh, that's Carmelo Anthony." And then you actually watch him defend, and he's the, a top three defender on that team. He's ridiculous. He's he's impressed me so much he's actually impressed me on another end he's quite proficient at tying ties have you guys <laughs> seen his youtube videos yeah, he is he's, he's he's quite talented he's had a lot of practice <laughs> i couldn't believe that i actually thought it was a joke like, like someone edited it this is, this is a real deal video what is it? i haven't seen it it's he's got a youtube video it's called jason tatum <laughs> it must have been in college or something like that because he looks pretty old still he's young but he looks pretty old and he's just like teaching you how to tie four different ties. Yeah. Four <laughs> different, like, it four different he knots. Has like, he does, it. yeah. The man knows that. He's everything. so serious as well. What doesn't he know? Oh my God. <laughs> he just. Okay. What do you. How do we feel about his son's name, though? I feel like we need to answer this question because his name's Deuce. And Deuce is a Celtics legend, bro. Oh, I, don't, I will not. I will not. Oh, no Deuce slander here. 
all I think, slander. Oh. I think that, that his son has sort of, you know, obviously when you first think of Deuce, you think of like just a huge shit. I just think you know Charles I mean? Boyle go and drop the Deuce. That's all I think of when yeah. I hear Deuce. Yeah. <laughs> but the the kid's such a character, man. He's like made it his yeah. own. He has. You know, yeah. He dapped everybody up yesterday. After yeah. that one. I didn't notice that um, Tatum has um big Deuce. On his wrist. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Big deuce. Yeah. <laughs> big big um, shit. Uh, <laughs> this is already a Celtics legend. Big he's big poop. I think he's already what six foot, six foot, four years old. He's huge. They're already they're already looking at. They've already got scouts in the uh, Tatum backyard watching him dunk on his like little mini hoop. Oh, this kid's yeah, gonna be something brother. someday. Legit. Uh, he's fucking, he's fucking enormous. Alrighty, guys. Moving on. Next bulletin point. There's a few injuries scouring the NBA right now. And to be honest with you, I think it's changing the course of what we initially thought, particularly with some of the major teams. Why don't we run through some of the injuries and let's talk about what that means for those teams. Just in the East, Middleton went down yesterday with an MCL. Yeah, that's huge. That is actually enormous because although I do think they get past Chicago without him, I don't think they get past Brooklyn or or Boston. No, they need him. Especially because Middleton Middleton is the Boston killer. Like, legitimately. Who sca- I'm scared of that man. Who scares that you more? Yeah, who scares you more, Kevin Durant or Chris Middleton? Chris Middleton, <laughs> 1 million percent. <laughs> 1 million percent. <laughs> so you're, nightmares be, about that guy. you're cheering right now. Hey, I will never, I will never uh, celebrate someone getting injured. I'm actually upset by it because this playoff series, like the whole matchup, all the matchups, the way the brackets laid out, every single series, assuming Boston win them all, it's like a redemption arc because every single person that they would play has knocked them out of the playoffs in the last few years. Boston, Milwaukee, Miami. That's like a that's like a movie script. Yeah, it's the revenge tour. People yeah. call it the, the revenge tour. Uh, Book went down yesterday with a hammy. That's big. Yeah, I think that's a crucial one too because they're such a like, like they had book for half the game. He had he made such an such an influence that even with him scoring thirty one points in one half, they still went down to New Orleans. Who are, New Orleans are looking really fucking. Oh, up. they're switched on, man. They have, yeah. yeah. And I, I I feel like that the Suns just underestimated them. I think they are. It's going to be a really tight series now because. Book's definitely done for this series, and then he's done for the I would series. Ass- wow. I would, yeah, he for would this be. series for sure. There's no just, way just for the first one. Yeah, wow. and you'd miss probably I, the first half say, of the next one. Yeah, depending Shit. on. I don't actually. This is another graph I have with the playoffs this year. The days are weird that they're they're playing on. It's not every second day, and then every is it quicker? Take an extra day off. On is it quicker these playoffs? It's, it's spaced out weird. Like some days are two, some days are three, and it's there's no. There's no, like, that's not just because of travel time or anything. It's just weird timing. I don't know what it is. I hate it. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it's good time to put some money on the Pelicans <laughs> to get to win this, this, this series. Oh, see, I was going to say the championship. <laughs> I was like, they're playing good. Ingram looks really good. Mate, oh, 30, 37. What do you have? 37 the other day? 37 yeah. points. Yeah, he was all over him. Um, mate. CJ McCollum's balling out. I, at the start of the year, I think it's safe to say all three of us would say, uh, 
Booker was probably their best player, but Chris Paul was their most important player. Are we prepared now to say that Book covers both of those categories now? Yep. Yep, 100%. I, I still think that Chris Paul plays a major part in the team. Yeah. But I also... Oh, yeah. yeah Obviously, but, but yeah. Booker's, Booker's filling, filling all the gaps. I think that a time that... Um, Chris Paul had off really kind of signified the passing of the torch to book as like an actual mm. genuine leader of that team. Cause before he was just, yeah. he was the guy that like was the bit of the understudy. We'll bring Chris Paul in and book can kind of learn from it. Now CP got injured and they still mowed it on and they still killed it. So I don't know. It's just one game, but books looking mildly important, more and more important as the day goes on. Cause I don't know where they're going to get the scoring as well with him out. He is a he's a very, very key part to their scoring. Um, moving on, what kind of, what other injuries have we got? Uh, Bobby Portis. Well, this isn't an injury; it's a return. But Benny Simmons is playing game four. That's conf- that's confirmed, or is that has Steve confirmed. Na- has Steve Nash confirmed. come out and said that? Um, oh, Sean's tweeted it. Oh, Sham, not Sean's. Sean's nickel clock said. <laughs> Sham's tweeted it. Man, I. I like we. Were, I think we we're all very pro the Ben Simmons trade, but I don't know how I feel about chucking him in into a playoff. I feel Game like four. if you weren't gonna, if you're not gonna play him in the regular season, I don't really see playing, playing him playoffs. Playoffs. Like, do, how is he gonna go when he goes? Like, I'm telling you now, when they play in Brooklyn, there will be more Boston fans in that Brooklyn arena than Brooklyn fans. That I don't think that's actually too outrageous to say. He'll cop it. It, the last time we saw him, he shit the bed in the playoffs. So why why are you putting his very first game back in the playoffs? It it doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Mm. Especially when like there's the potential for like say they drop game three, that's a knockout game. Yeah, if they drop game three, that's a knockout game. You're bringing him in, no practice with the team whatsoever, like no actual game time at all coming in. And it, you know, the last time we played, it was fucking. They got knocked out. That's what I mean. Back to back knockout games. It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. <laughs> he, they, I get like in the sense that the he fits the team and he's pretty much essentially what they need. But a guy that's been saying he's had mental health issues all year and shit the bed in the playoffs last year—that's literally the last experience we had with him. I don't know why the first game you're playing him, you're chucking him in a playoff game. I don't get it. <laughs> I also think that he needs um, adjustment, an adjustment period, because mm. like there's a there's a difference between training with a team and playing with a team, especially when it comes to the playoffs. This is this is games that you want to win. These yeah. aren't games where you can go. I can give this. Uh, I can give up a few points. Or I can give up. I can give up losing this game for the sole purpose of he's going to mesh with the team better later on. These are games you need to win now. Mm. There's no. I bet, wish. Yeah. My bet would be that he's definitely not playing significant minutes. I would assume he obviously doesn't handle much of the offensive load at all. He's pretty much just going to be there to try to run some miles on uh, Tatum. He'll be a stopper. And to cut. Cut, yeah. Your job is to cut and just play hard defense. I don't care. I don't even care if you foul. Because you're not going to be that important in this game anyway. I can see that happening. Yeah. I I think if you're going to play... Chuck him in the deep end. You chuck him in game three, not game four. At least, yeah. like what Jack said, if they lose game three, this is a knockout game. Why would you chuck him in? Every game's a knockout game from then on. If you're going to chuck him in, you chuck him in game three, wouldn't you? 
So at least there's not as much do or die consequences in that game. Exactly. <laughs> um, last point on the bulletin board. What's more disappointing? Cats playoffs playoff performance or the entire series so far of Raptors versus the Sixers? It's a tough one because we just watched the Memphis uh, Minnesota game three and Cat just shit the bed. What did he finish with Jack? Six points? Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me. Yeah, we, 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 fucking none, basically. And six, yeah, fuck all points, shit fouls, bad energy, lots of complaining. What that was his stat line? Lots, mm. lots of complaining. complaining. What is uh? Oh, then, wh- he got <clears throat> eight, yeah, eight points, five rebounds, one assist, five blocks. Only took three, sh- four shots. Mm. They're they're not. That's not a stat line that you should be producing as one of their headline players. Mate, I can live with eight points if he's missed like three of fourteen, but three or four. You should not be is taking he, four shots. Is he obviously in this game? He's not one of their primary scorers, but is he one of their primary shooters? Is he? He should be scoring. Is his? Well, he's he's four four shots. He's he's doing. That's what nothing. I mean. He's is, not is, shooting or is, scoring. Is, is the team revolved around him being a scorer? Or they rely yeah. on like Anthony Edwards and I mean, Pat Beverly. They're playing at the points. perimeter a lot more. They're playing this series. They've been playing at the perimeter heaps, but he's a perimeter center. Yeah, yeah, you got to find a way. You, yeah, he needs he needs to inject himself in the game. What's um our resident Minnesota fan tennis said, Jacko? Twenty one points in the second and fourth quarter combined. This fucking sucks. I'm so fucking <laughs> mad. This is worse than losing by thirty points. <laughs> Poor bloke. Trade cat. <laughs> trade cat. Oh, trade cat. <laughs> he cannot handle trade cat. He can't handle the playoffs at all. Mate. Two, what was it his take that Cat's defense had improved greatly and he was one of the best players in the league? Uh, um, no, nah, it wasn't that he's, it, it, it had improved. He was still not a good defender. It was just uh, okay. not as bad as people... Yeah, didn't we say it went Not from, as bad as people carried on. Didn't we say it went from horrible to not good, his defense? Yeah, pretty much. Although <laughs> I'd argue that it's gone back down to horrible. Because yeah. if you watch a Minnesota game, Cat has I reckon he's the worst fouler in the entire league oh, of notable players. Jaron Jackson. He he yeah. has the worst fouls. Jaron Jackson can be a close second on that when he wants to be, but yeah, he's up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Having them two in the same series together just fucking whinging is it's painful. Yeah. It's painful to watch. It's ruining <laughs> it's it, it's one sore spot on an otherwise great series. Alright Jack, Raptors sixes quickly do it. What do you think? Uh really shit. Painful to watch. Uh pfft. Maybe some of the worst basketball I've seen in a long time. Tom? Just straight up disappointing. There's not much you can say for it. It's just a disappointing series. I mean, Joel Embiid's game winner was actually pretty cool. Um, I watched that and I was just like, fuck Toronto, missed the bag with that one. Yeah. That was really bad defense. Like, he, he shouldn't... First of all, he's, like, he's experimenting, but he shouldn't have been the primary person to take that shot. Why is no. Fred Van Vliet you know, the one? This is, a, this is a sorry bit of homework for everybody, um, and li- and the listeners at home, go watch JJ Redick analyze that game winner because he watching him talk about it made me realize how shit that play was. I mean, how shit the defense was. Fred Van because that's a play that they ran. They used to run it for JJ at the Clippers. Dude, Fred Van Vliet was defending Joel. He was the one contesting the mm. shot. 
That's just a mismatch. Yeah, they had him, he's they six had him foot. back, essentially, and just, yeah, what I think Gary Trent was the one that fucked up the most because he switched to no one on the wrong side of the court. <laughs> he, he, was, he was supposed to switch to Joel, and he just went the other way and didn't guard anybody. It was dead set of practice drill, so, and they just slept on it. So what's worse? Uh, Cat. Tom? Probably Cat. I'm going the series because Cats at least have one good game. I don't feel like there's been a good game in the Raptors Sixers series. Yeah. I, I feel like it's just like, it's, it's both kind of similar. Both of them have more potential than they're showing. Oh. Uh, or, both, both, both situations, I mean. Cat has way more potential than he's showing. And, and so do both Raptors and the 76ers. It's, 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 a, it's almost the same the, concept. The, um, the, what do you call it? The episode that we recorded last week that didn't end up making it, Jack and I, well, me in particular, I was fucking so keen for this Sixers-Raptors series. I was ready yeah. to put it like top of my list to watch like under the Memphis-Minnesota because it's just two contrasting styles. A small, quick team with great perimeter defenders versus a team that wants to slow it down and get fouls and manhandle you. And it's just, it's just gone the opposite. Like the, just the two styles, like no team can find their groove and it's just not working. I was going to say, why do you think that is? Is it because they're not finding their groove? Is it, how, yeah. how, how have their um, mid-season games been? Have they been like I didn't, pretty, pretty killer? I didn't watch a Sixers Raptors game this year. I don't think off the top of my head, but yeah, I just don't think the one team's just want to slow it down. One team's want to go quick and it's just kind of, just, they both can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I well the Raptors are the Sixers are obviously winning that battle. Um, I just think the Scotty Barnes injury has really hampered the Raptors. Mm. Mm. That was a really good first half of basketball, boys. Great work, great stuff. Coming in the second half, basketball action. We're going to talk about it's a new segment and it is one of Caleb's specialties. And it's looking at some interesting, interesting movements, interest, interesting sort of um, behind the scenes work within the NBA, within our t- within teams, and we look at were these situations worth it. So let's kick it off with: Was it worth it, Caleb? I know you got a few things to talk about this. I want to let you take the reins, mate. Boys, I reckon we just go straight into it. So, first one: Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Was it worth it? All right, so I'm, I'm going to give you guys some stats, okay? With the Lakers, Anthony Davis has averaged 24 points a game, nine rebounds, three assists, 1.8 blocks. He's played 138 out of 226 games. This season, he had a minus 92 plus minus average. He had the worst defensive rating ever for his career at 108.8. The next closest was 104.3. So that is a huge jump. The last two seasons, he has averaged his lowest points since his rookie and second year. His lowest rebounds since his rookie year in the last two years, he's averaged his lowest. The Lakers as a whole, they have Russell Westbrook next year. Do you guys know how much money he's making next year? Like 40 mil, isn't it? $47 million next year. Yeah, fucking hell. He's got LeBron. Oh, who is this, sorry? Who? Russell Westbrook. He, he's on a fucking absurd amount, isn't he? Oh. LeBron James will be going year 19 at age 39. They don't have a first-round pick until 2027 to get Davis, but they won an NBA championship. Was it worth it? They really rode yeah. the high of that one championship, didn't they? 
Because I and then just yeah. pummel. Because I've got a bit Absolutely of a take pummeled. on it. I personally think, like, I mean, I mean, a championship is a championship, and you're gonna you're gonna take that to the grave. You know what I mean? That's mm. a that's a that's an impressive, an impressive feat. Um, I feel like the Lakers dynasty. I don't think it's. I think their recent like their recent um, downfall hasn't been a reflection of the Anthony Davis trade. I think it's been a reflection of what's come from that. Oh, sorry, what's, what's, what's happened after it? I think that for Anthony Davis personally, probably wasn't worth it. I don't think for him personally it was worth it going there. Okay. For the Lakers team, that first year was worth it, but they just ruined it after that by getting in heaps of other people. Yeah. Jacko, what are your thoughts? I think... Uh, I'm just... I try to view it from the perspective of if I was a fan of this team... How much would I actually enjoy that that championship? Like a year or two out after, and they've butchered the fucking roster, and you kind of fucked for years to come. I don't know if I'd value it as worth it. So I'm going. So, I'm going to give you the answer, boys. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why. I believe it was not worth it. If this was a clip, cl- so I'm going to flip what Tom just said. So I think it was worth it for Anthony Davis, but for the Lakers, no. Nah. So if the Lake, if so, say Anthony Davis went to a Cleveland Cavaliers or a Orlando Magic where LeBron James was playing, and they won a championship, and this is the state they were in now, one hundred percent worth it. Those teams had never won NBA championships before. Well, just Cavs have won one, but they haven't won many. There is two franchises in the NBA current. Well, three. We'll go three franchises in the NBA currently that this move isn't worth it. LA Lakers the Boston Celtics, and you could argue the San Antonio Spurs. And maybe argue Golden State Warriors. Those are the only four teams that are not... It's not worth it. You know why? Because those teams have won universally. They have won so much. The Lakers are a extremely successful franchise. They have not... They have the second most championships of all time. And if you tell me that your next six years are absolutely fucked... So you could have won one championship in a bubble year that I'm not one of these people, but a lot of other people would put an asterisk next to. I think it's not really that worth it, considering where you guys have for the ne- your future for the next couple of years. If it was yeah. if it was Orlando and they won their first ever championship, oh, aces. I guess the other the flip side argument can be is that the Lakers haven't had much success and. They won the year that Kobe passed away and they were struggling for a couple of years and they got one really good year, but I, I'd still maintain you guys have won a lot of championships. To be stuck in the bottom half of the West for the next couple of years, I, I don't know if it's worth it. I yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. That's well actually it's a very, very, yeah, very well said. Thanks, Mom. And it's a very, very valid point. Uh, um, all right, talk, talk, talk to me why this is worth it for Anthony Davis. Because he fucking pissed the bed in New Orleans for all those years and first time he got to a, actually got a decent player with some money behind him, won a championship. He wouldn't have won that championship if he was in New Orleans. And I don't, That's fair. I don't know where his other options were to go. He went to... Oh, the, what about... Oh, sorry. Sorry, you go. No, no, no. Yeah, go. I was going to say, well... It's like you, you join forces with the best player in, in NBA history, arguably. Um, but 
so you're but for Anthony Davis, he's always going to come second to LeBron, mate. Um, Kevin, that's, I mean, I, 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 that's fine. It's fine to be. It's fine to be a role player. But I also think Anthony Davis has the has the the skill and ability to be the face of a franchise, Jack, which he was in New, which he was in New Orleans for a while. But mm. I feel like he's just being overshadowed for the past couple of years. So that's why I don't think it was worth it. Yeah. Being. Well, he could he could go somewhere and become like because like like Joel Embiid um, is incredible and he's in M- MVP contention. Because he's the best player on his team, mm. surrounded by some great role players and some great people who have really good, really good um, plays, pardon me, and, and moments and games. But Joel Embiid is their, their rock. Anthony Davis can easily be the rock yeah. for other teams, but he can't be the rock when LeBron's the rock. Mm. Well, I guess the um, the argument to that is, is you ask Kevin Love, third third uh, star on a championship team. I guarantee if you went to him right now and asked him, was all the media speculation, all the trade rumors, all the shit that LeBron gave you, was it worth it? He'd look you straight in your face and say, yes, it was. Anthony Davis, Jack says it best, and you can say it again. What is Anthony Davis, Jack? Ceiling razor, not a floor razor. He's not built to be your best player to get you a championship. (laughs) You said that. So he said that with such fucking vivacity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not a huge Seriously. Anthony Davis guy. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I. I think he's. I think he's dropped off. I think that he had a lot more potential than he. Than he's probably shown. Yeah. To be honest with you, he's he's a great player, and I think he was more. He was a he was a star, and I think some people would argue probably could have been the um, the Finals MVP for uh, the Lakers as well. He played that well. Yeah. But. I don't know as a Lakers organize. I think Anthony Davis, if you ask me, he'd say it was worth it. But as a Lakers organization, to deal with all this shit now and Anthony Davis, LeBron, LeBron people want to give LeBron shit about them getting getting Westbrook. I tell you what, the Lakers wouldn't have got Westbrook if Anthony Davis didn't say yes as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, number two. Anything else you want to say, Jack? No, I'm I'm all I'm all good for that one. All right, number Jack two. Doesn't care about Anthony Davis. Oh, Jack's probably going to say something about this. Gordon Haywood leaving the Jazz was it worth it? So, oh. for the Jazz, he averaged fifteen point seven points, four point two rebounds, and three point four assists. For the Celtics and Hornets, he averaged fifteen point five points, five point three rebounds, three point seven assists. If he stayed with the Jazz that year, he would have been in a big three with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. He wouldn't have broken his leg. And sometime around 2018, when John Wall signed his, he would have been been able to sign close to a $200 million extension. Was it worth it? I'm sure for Gordy, probably not. Yeah, It could have been so good, but... When you put it like that... No, it wasn't worth it. But at the time, how was he going to know? But you know, well, that's what I mean. What's well, reflecting? Like, if you asked him right now and you said, "Was it worth it leaving the Jazz?" He he could also there's there's just as much chance of him breaking his leg at the with the Jazz. Oh, not that way though. No way. Not that, was, not that way. You could play that game out a million times. That would have only ever happened once. It was that fucking rare and ridiculous, yeah, unbelievable. Okay. Like, and the the funny thing is now he's kind of like a really good fit for Utah. Oh, he'd be perfect. He's exactly what they need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think it's exactly what he wants now based on reports of him kind of wanting out of Charlotte. 
he wants to be like the point guard and it means they wouldn't have gotten Mike Conley but I guess would you have rather Mike Conley or Gordon Hayward and personally yeah. if you told me you'd have the Gordon Hayward from the Jazz days I'd be taking Gordon Hayward yeah. and I love Mike Conley yeah was it worth it as a Celtics fan Jack? Um, yeah there's no way to predict that sort of shit I would have I was fucking stoked to get Gordy back in the day and I was supported him past his injury, and then up until he left Celt, like the up until he left Boston. I still love Gordon, man. I just he's just never been the same player, unfortunately. Mm. But how can you be? You know that was fucking scary. What? Uh, so what do we think, fellas? Was it worth it? Yeah, if I'm Gordon, it's not. It's not worth it. Fuck no, no way is that worth it. What do we think? Uh, the Mitchell Gobert Hayward three. Would be. I think that's. I think that's championship worthy. I think that's fucking I'm look, great. I'm looking at that at like um, KG Rondo, Allen big three stuff. Oh, forgetting about Paul Pierce there. Well, like I'm looking at play styles. I guess. Ah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, actually, you can you can kind of combine um, Rondo and Pierce together so for Rondo uh, and Pierce together for yeah. What do you think, Jacko? I think. I don't know if they would have won a championship at all. I think they would have been a better contender. I don't think it's champ like they'd win one, but I think they'd definitely be better than what they are now. They'd be so fun yeah. too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they would have been a really fun team. Mm. But uh, yeah, actually, the more you think about it, does it? I don't know if it really changes Utah's standing that much in terms of how you think about them in past years and how well they did. I, yeah, I guess there's a bit more of a to and fro between more of Mitchell and Haywood because Haywood's, by the sounds yeah. of it, in the at the Celtics and at the Hornets, he's not really been happy with his roles, and um, no, he hasn't. I can't imagine as well Mitchell coming in as a rookie and taking some of the spotlight off Haywood. He would have loved it, and by the sounds of it, Mitchell's also a bit like that now. Yeah, maybe he wouldn't have been a good fit. I don't know. He's he's a tough one. Mm. Uh, oh, Gordon, shout out to him, but big listener of the pod. All right, number three. The new changes to the skill challenge. Was it worth it? Quick one. I think it was. Yeah, fucking skill challenge is fun. I reckon it's, it's made it more interesting. It was more fun than the dunk contest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, think it, I was it, just trying to remember what the fucking... What the changes were. I can't yeah, even they remember. They made the, the team. Yeah, that's right. The time trial thing that they had. Because before it was just like yeah. an obstacle course. You could go around it quicker, yeah. but they actually added like stages to it. And they made it more of a like a challenge, didn't they? Mm, yeah, it was it's more like, like 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 against each other. It was challenges, really. It was skill challenges, yeah. not just one particular skill challenge. I feel. Number four, for the Celtics, was it worth getting Kyrie Irving? Average. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it for the purpose of of, of great TV right now. <laughs> <laughs> like Kyrie Young suck my dick. <laughs> the amount of hate that he's getting right now in Boston. Brother, he absolutely, was, he was worth averaging it. averaging three to four fucking middle fingers a minute in that game one. <laughs> <laughs> so he averaged twenty four points a game, six assists, four rebounds. Played one hundred and twenty seven of a possible one hundred and sixty six games. Played five of the greatest playoff games Jack has ever witnessed. Left the Celtics after two seasons. <laughs> After saying, if you'll have me, I'd love to stay. And also, kind of got the Celtics a pretty terrible reputation of flipping players that do th- do good things for the franchise. I miss Isaiah Thomas every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Okay, Jack. So, uh, as a Cavs fan, my Kyrie experience was completely different to your Kyrie experience. So, do you want to tell me what it was like having Kyrie Irving on your team for two years? Kyrie was fucking awesome in term. Like he was a ma- he was a really good player. It just it would even it was never when it was an important game. I think he had one good. It was I think it was maybe a Christmas Day game. Fuck, can't remember now. Yeah, it, I can think of one significant Kyrie game. My time in in his time at, at Boston. What was that? And apart from that, it was injured during the their best finals run in a number of years, and then came back and checked out of the series, and then fucking left. So, what was the uh, the comment that he said before this before the series? He was like, "So we can, I hope we can just all remember the good times I played in Boston." I don't know uh, what. Yeah, something like that. You know, remember the good times. You know, I did a lot <laughs> for this. Fucking, let's move on. It's been years now. Yeah, it hasn't been Shut that long. Up, hasn't been that long. Yeah. To be honest with you, my experience with Kyrie at the Celtics was just such a blur. Because <laughs> he, like, all I, I just remembered him as, like, um, you know, riding off with LeBron in the Cavs, uh, riding off his success in the in the championships back in, what, 2016 and stuff. Mm. And I was, and then it just didn't really feel real that he went to the Celtics. I mean, maybe I was just going through stuff at the time, you know. <laughs> It was but, really weird at the time, but I was fucking it stoked. Just, it just didn't feel real. The cat. Then, yeah. um, then what was it? What was his next move? It was just straight to Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 The Cavs got Kyrie's just kind of yeah. been a been a memory. Yeah, man. The cat. The Cavs got baller Kyrie. I feel like we didn't really. We got at the back end. We got um the last year. He. That's when he started saying the flat Earth shit, and that's when it started kind of trending into the Kyrie we know and love now. Yeah, I think that's yeah. when I've forgot. Like that, that's when I've started associating him with just like being a flat earther, you know, being all this this other sort of stuff rather than a basketball player. To be fair to him though, that flat earth thing was bullshit because I was listening to that podcast. All he was saying is that people need to open their minds and not just listen to generic stuff like the earth is flat. Like it it was dumb it was a dumb example he used but what he was trying to comment one on was just like open your mind and try and be a independent thinker yeah that's essentially so he, he it was completely taken out of context he wasn't a flat earther no he he literally just used it as a comment to just go like like the earth might be flat where he was just trying to say like be an independent thinker that's all he was saying yeah. he was trying uh, to get a point across saying it was a really poor example yeah, wow, he got, what he was trying to say. He got rolled with that. Yeah, and it was literally... I, yeah. I still think it's pretty warranted that he got rolled. Like, it was a shitty It was example. a terrible and, example. And he, <laughs> is this just because... He acted, he acted pretty poor afterwards. So. Is this cause he, just because he left the Celtics, is it? Is that why it's warranted? <laughs> no, it's just fucking... It's it's hard supporting that, dude. He, I, no. I, well, it was easy for me because I got the shutting up and play. He said some weird shit before. Like, he had a couple of bad games... He had a bat, really bad game in like his third season, and I remember he said, "Um, I'm." He's like, "I'm the best player on the team. I'm always carrying us, so I'm allowed one bad game like that." And it's just, mm. it's just, he sometimes like arrogant. Well, a lot of the time too, he's actually like that's a fair point, but it's just how he says it. Like he's like yeah. he's like I carry, and he did those early Cavs teams. He was the best player, and we wouldn't have been in half the games. We lost more games than we won, but those games that we won was because of him. And yeah, he his point was very valid. But oh, I'm the best player but, on the team, but I'm allowed one back game. Yeah, I was just you don't say that about yourself. Don't say that about yourself and yeah, whatnot. But yeah, I the Celtics definitely got the outer 
body experience. What? How can you speak to Jack about like the reputation around Boston? Because they already had a pretty average reputation going back to the Bill Russell days all those years ago. And then they kind of came back with Trader Denny and stuffing over Isaiah Thomas, which I guess not his fault that the um, trainer fucked up, but also yeah. there's there's got to be a bit of a looking after the player, player welfare type sense. Yeah, Boston have a fucking awful reputation in pretty much every single way that you look at it. A lot of it is warranted. I think a lot of the uh, trading players, like players safety sort of stuff, I think that kind of went out the window when Danny left. I think that's actually one of the major reasons why he did leave. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's that worry anymore, especially with Brad coming in and the first thing he does is bring back players that he had on his team originally. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, like he, yeah. Would Marcus Smart be on this team if Trader Danny was still there, you reckon? Oh, I don't think so. I really don't. He would have been gone this season? I think they would have let him go. Yeah, well, pa- um, apparently he maybe was really, before the season. Apparently, he was really tight with him though. Marcus Smart was really tight with Danny. That was one of the reasons why he was on the team. Yeah, but Danny, I don't think Danny would give a fuck about that. That is true though. There were there were always stories about like Marcus having to say stuff because, um, yeah, if he was the one that was tightest, you know what? I think Terry Rozier was a bit like that too, and he got fucking traded as well. So, um, yeah. The good thing, the, the thing that's really benefiting, I actually think it has a huge effect on this, like, Boston's potential championship run this season is the fact that they can rally behind... They they can rally behind nothing. Like, the entire city can, the team can. They can rally they can rally around things like no one other... No, no one else in the league can. Like, because it's just so embedded in that uh, city. So, having a feeling like Kyrie to, to root against is actually, I think, a really beneficial thing. For them this year, so, but but yeah, that that's rooted in a lot of really poor civil rights stuff. Mm. Was it worth it though, boys? Celtics getting Kyrie? No, not worth it. Fuck him, Tommy. The bitter. Probably not worth it. Not probably worth it. not worth it for the Celtics, but for Kyrie, I feel like he had to he had to move, so it's probably worth it going somewhere. Maybe not the Celtics, but. Um, he probably he needs to get out of the cabs. I feel. Mm. Um, so for him, worth it moving to the Celtics and for the Celtics, probably not worth it. All right, dope. Number five, we got two left. Dwight Howard leaves the Orlando Magic. So I was thinking about this last week. So Dwight, as a Magic player, he averaged eighteen point four points, thirteen rebounds. Two blocks. He's a fucking beast. Was a six-time All-Star, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, five All-NBA First Team, one All-NBA Third Team, four All-Defense First, one All-Defensive Second, and a trip to the Finals. Then he was traded to the LA Lakers. He spent time with LA, Houston, Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, (laughs) a little pit stop in Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and the Lakers. I only did his stats for his last starter season, which was in Charlotte. So that was from... So this is from 2011, 2013 to 2018. 15.9 points, 12 rebounds, 1.7 blocks. Two-time All-Star, one All-NBA second, one All-NBA third. No defensive awards at all. And I would argue, since that trade... No NBA player's stock had dropped more 
in popularity than Dwight Howard. Mm. Yeah. Was it yeah, worth it? Face of the earth. Um, I was a huge Dwight fan back in the day. Still am, still like him. But I feel like what's happened to him just as well could have happened and probably would have happened in Orlando anyways, you know? So, like, obviously he dropped off quite a bit. Maybe not in popularity huge because he would have he would have had um, a, a whole franchise, like, still supporting him. But he, he just would have dropped off the exact same that, that he already has. Bouncing around at like a million teams hasn't helped him um, in that sense and his trade value. But even just staying, I feel like people would have been thinking, people, people, we probably would have been asking the same question, was it worth it that he stayed rather than switching teams, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like that's kind of the same. He would have just ended up in a very similar situation. What changes around Orlando had he stayed? Like what terrible stuff that happened to that organization after that wouldn't have happened? Oh, they're the same as they were when he left, really. They just they just got a little bit better, and now they're seriously back to... Their rebuild got them nowhere. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I, f- I feel like if he... Yeah, I feel like if he stayed, they, there wouldn't have been much changes anyways. Yeah, I don't know if he attracts an all-star, but by the sounds of it, the players that played with him... fucking like Yeah, him. and but it was only the fans that really liked him. Kobe hated him. Mm. Um, yeah. Jameer Nielsen, I don't know if you heard him on the... Um, JJ Reddick podcast, which is fast also becoming a uh, regularly quoted podcast on this. Um, he pretty much, I feel like he just, I definitely, he said that he was in between the two, but I think I definitely got the sense that he didn't really love the Dwight Howard experience either. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a combination of a personality that was a bit unlikable within the league and then also just like a decaying body. I feel like he would have had a couple more good, really good seasons at Orlando, and like statistically, they would have been a lot better because he would have been the sole option again. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, again, as to what you guys said, his body breaks down regardless. So yeah, yeah. he. Um, yeah, I don't. Don't think it was worth it. I think it's just a neutral thing. Yeah, his his story was already written. His, I feel his back was fucked. But yeah. the big thing that I remember, I specifically remember, was that just the toing and throwing. Because I remember, I want to leave, I want to leave, I want to leave, and it got to deadline day, and he's like, "Okay, I'm activating that last year of my option." Yeah, stayed, and then literally on the off season, he's like, "I want to leave again." And then there was a, also that really fucking awkward press conference, which has got to be number one best press conference of all time, with him, Stan Van Gundy, literally talking to a crowd of reporters, going like. Dwight wants me fired. Like, he said that. It's happening. And then Dwight just walks over and just starts getting interviewed with him. And they're both sitting there. And Dwight's got his arm over Stan Van's Gundy. And they're asking all these <laughs> questions about how Dwight wants him fired. And Dwight's like, oh, I never said that. And Stan's there going like, yeah, he said it. He, he, he wants me fired. He wants me to go. I think Dwight's kind of like if Magic Johnson was really unlikable. Yeah. I think Compared that's kind of like how it comes Yeah, he's got he's like he attempts to have all the charm that Magic does. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't quite have it. Rubs people the wrong way. What do you think? I'm I'm an I'm an yeah I'm a neutral stance. Neutral. On this one, Jacko. Yeah, I. 
it's hard because I don't know if his career lasts as long as it has if he didn't leave. I think for someone that really cares about his popularity, I reckon he would have liked to end things in Orlando a lot differently. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say it wasn't worth it just because I'm really interested in the narrative that of how funny it would have gotten at Orlando if he just couldn't leave. Like, and the team just got progressively worse and he kept wanting to leave and they just was never able to. <laughs> like, you're Bit staying. of a nightmare. You're staying. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a nightmare sort of situation. <laughs> that would have been really funny. He's running, but he's just staying in the same spot. Yeah. All right. Last, Last one. one. Luca versus Trey Trade. Was it worth it? You, fuck you. I guess you kind of have to say yes. It's one of those things where, like, you either get an all star Hall of Fame level player or an all star level Hall of Fame player. Yeah. I, I'm definitely like I think we've been quite open, especially Jack and I, about our feelings towards Trey Young, and they he toasted the Cavs, and that was not surprising. Just because Jack and I sit here and keep saying we're not fans of his game doesn't mean that we don't think he's a good player. It's just mm. that game, his game is just not really. I think I keep got harping back to I can't remember who said it. But Luca will win championships. Trey will win MVPs. And yeah, I think the thing that haunts me the most about Trey is the fact that his playstyle is a lot like when you play online in two K. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody's just got these fucking six foot guards that just do nothing but dribble behind a center. Yeah. Oh, he's he's a great two K player. He'll be he'll be top top three pick, I reckon, if we ever do an NBA two K draft. Yeah, he's for sure. He's great. Um, Luca. I I Luke is one of my favorite players. I think he needs to pull his head out of his ass a bit and stop complaining because it's getting to the point of selfish. And Trey is it just is, isn't it? Yeah. Trey is just one of the most likable villains in the NBA. He's such a fuckwit. He was waving goodbye to the oh, Cavs yeah, crowd before, and I just wanted to punch him. <laughs> that was awesome. He's like, it's like almost like the opposite of how Kyrie is perceived as a villain. Like people actually hate Kyrie. I don't think anybody actually hates Trey. Except for maybe people in New York, I don't know. But it's just he's he's like he leans into it so much that you can't yeah. help but respect it. Oh, it's all predicated on his game as well. Mm. Yeah, like Kyrie, I think people dislike him because of just outside stuff to basketball. Trey, when he says shit, it's always pertaining to basketball, and I think but people he, can he, live he, with that. He, he backs it up too. Oh, he does, dude. Yeah, he backs up. That's, what, yeah, that's the best bit. When, when that's yeah. the best bit when, when he yeah. when he was sitting there. After they beat the Cavs, and he's saying, "Where did everybody go?" Like with like a minute left in the game, it, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, man, he was <laughs> looking at the crowd like, "Where's everybody going?" Oh, dude, and like he's waving goodbye, and he's like bouncing the ball yeah. up, and you're just like, "Fuck this guy!" And I, I message, I think I messaged Jack during the game, and we're like, "When to get when that last quarter hit, and we were tied, and Trey was got, heating up." I'm like, "We've lost this." Like, I, yeah. I know we haven't got this game. Like we're we're going home, so yeah. Um, I reckon both teams would do it again in a heartbeat. It's one of the rare ones where both teams won. I think. Um, would you rather Luca or Trey? I think all three of us considering go. We would rather we would rather Luca. Yeah. Yeah. But man, Trey Young's a good player, and he's an all star. He's gonna be a mul- he's gonna be a ten time all star if he doesn't get injured. I'll I'll just say that. He's just not my favorite. Cup of tea. Pl- yeah, he's not my cup of tea. He's he's. Yeah, but he's a great player. He is such a good player. Cup of Trey. 
when it will get interesting is when they're both contestants for the first team. Mm. Uh, all NBA, and that's going to be uh, that. This that's when this debate's going to get really. <laughs> Do we ever see a Hawks Mavs finals? Do we reckon? Oh, that'd actually be so sick. Yeah, I I, so. I I would love to see that just from uh, as a basketball fan. Do we see it that'd though? Do you think both players are capable of leading a team? Because I, I guarantee Luca will eventually. Yeah, I don't know about Trey because I. Fuck. I know they got to the Eastern Finals, but it was also get get some get some better role players around Trey or some or some just some better players around him. They need defenders. Yes, defending role players. Yeah, I think mm. both. I think both players are capable of leading a championship team. It's all got to do with their front offices in that perspective. So I guess yeah, I I think they're both they they're both capable of doing it. Yeah, Dope. beautiful. So was it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's you know you it's one A one B. Who do you, who do you really prefer? I guess just, I feel like I feel like Hawks fans aren't really that angry that they didn't get Luca and just you know, vice versa. just to finish it. Sorry, what happens if the trade doesn't happen and the Hawks have Luca and the Mavs have Trey? Is it still the same scenario? I don't. Ooh. Well, I don't know if Trey works that well in Dallas. I don't know if. If Luca works that well in Atlanta, oh, I think I can see Luca working in, in Atlanta. I can't see Trey working in, with what the Mavs have got. Well, maybe I just like seeing Luca in a Mavs jersey. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. man, I mate, if fucking Chris Stapps and Luca didn't get along, I guarantee you Trey and Chris Stapps would kill each other. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I also think it. it, it honestly, oh, it's been said a little bit, but I think one of the most unsaid things about how well. Luca transition into the NBA has a lot has got a lot to do with the fact that Dirk was there, yeah, when he got drafted, mm. and he had Dirk for a season, and that's just something that none of us can relate to. But I'm coming, coming, going to a country, brand new country, you don't really know anything about it, and there's someone that you can relate to there that has gone through exactly what you went through, like that. It's priceless. That's a there's thing. understanding, perspective, yeah, leadership, but there's also mentorship as well coming out of that too yeah yeah for sure yeah he wouldn't have had any of that in atlanta mm. yeah no I, way. I think that's something that's reflected in his now that he's at this stage and rick carlisle has a lot to do with that like i know they don't really like each other much anymore but rick carlisle is one of the best coaches in the nba and having that guidance there i feel like would have helped and mark cuban's a fucking killer owner like yeah. Just just ask Chandler Parsons. <laughs> He's yeah, exactly. Chandler Parsons. I was talking about Chandler Parsons the other day. I can't remember what the context was, but was it? Uh, yeah. What a what a guy. Hey? Was it under greatest NBA player of all time? It, I think it was under. Um, I think we we're talking about NBA players who can like get it done off the court, and Chandler Pars- Parsons is all NBA for that. Did you hear his? Have you heard his Kobe story about um about the uh he when Kobe set him up with a uh with a entrance into like with a VIP section into the nightclub in LA mm-hmm. and so like apparently after the no. game like he thought um Kobe was talking shit to him he was like oh you want to go to like oh the only thing that come to mind I'm just thinking Snake Lounge from Parks and Rec because I'm watching it right now he's like do you want to go to this you want to go to the Snake Lounge and he's like oh he's like fuck off like in his head he's just like he's just trying to play with me blah blah blah. And then um, at the end of the game, he was chilling in his hotel room and um, Kobe messaged me like, yo, it's Mamba. 
they such and um, go to the front of the line of Snake Lounge, say that mention such and such his name that and that I sent you, and um, everything set up there. And this is when he was like Chandler Parsons is a second round draft pick that's on like hundreds of thousands of dollars, not millions. And so he goes in, he's like, I'm living large, I've got bottles of champagne, women either, both arms, my boys are there, they're like, oh, we want this, I'm like, you go do that, you get that. Gets to the end of the night, (laughs) and the owner of the bar hands him the tab, and everyone scatters. (laughs) And he was just like sitting there like, with his dick in his hands going like, fuck, I thought this was on the house. (laughs) Oh, Kirby. (laughs) And apparently what happened was his, uh, Kobe ended up paying for it. I can't remember how it got to it, Kobe paying for it, but originally they like passed him the tab, not expecting Kobe to pay for it. <laughs> that would have been completely and set his, up by Kobe. His dad's, um, his financial manager. And he's like, all oh, the whole time, like my dad's going to kill me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. But yeah, he's a throbber on and off the court. Throbbing on and off the court, Chandler Parsons. Yeah, that's that's a yeah. Hall of Fame throbber. Just a quick question out there, a bit off topic. Aaron Gordon, do you think he's throbbing with this with his hair at the moment? No. You don't like it? Um, I rate no. it. Mate, I tell you... Who, can't, can't tell him. I, gives me Dylan Brooks. Well. I was just about to say, I tell you who Jack thinks is <laughs> throbbing is Dylan Brooks. Mate, after that three he just hit against Minnesota, I, I, he was... Someone was throbbing. I don't know if it was me or Dylan Brooks, but... I was excited. Yeah, you can join your throbber team, mate. He's not welcome on mine. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Just Another Basketball Pod brought to you by Excuse the Noise. I'm Tom Craft. And join with me, Caleb Fogarty. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Jack Crawley. Season four. <laughs> Bud, me? <laughs> what? I said season four. Celtics in four. Oh. It sounded like season four, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I thought you said season four. I was like, oh, what, I, was, I thought you were going to follow it up with a TV show or something. Yeah, did, no, do uh, you say, uh, Cel- do you say Celtics and then I keep that in? <laughs> season four. That again. Or C's in four. Season four. C's in four. That's a bad omen. That is a bad omen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He's killed them. They're done. Ben Simmons oh, about to take no. the Nets to the promised land. That was so dumb. <laughs> Keep that in. Yes.